Alright, so, episode 7. Yeah, episode 7. Um, okay, it's the first time we're doing this with the name ready to go, right? Yeah, we're not introducing it, it just exists. Alright, so I'm going to say... Uh, mm-hmm. how do I, but I, I don't want to say No Sick Days Podcast. I want to say welcome to No, no Sick, Sick Days, Days a, a, gaming pod, podcast. a Gaming Podcast. Yeah, that way we have two words in between our name right. and what we do. Well... I guess what we do is a gaming podcast, but two words in between podcast and a sick day. Hey, welcome to uh, No Sick Days, a gaming podcast. Uh, I'm John. I'm Chris. And we are the hosts... Of the podcast, this is going downhill. Unsurprisingly, it's going downhill very fast. We've, we've been playing games together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so it's my turn to do the intro. So here we go. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we have been playing games together for 28 years. Um, we are also both self-employed. Yeah. Uh, so our gaming schedule is a little different. Our, our so we get together on Tuesdays uh, late morning to talk about games we've been playing, things we've been up to, that kind of stuff. General gaming goodness. Yeah, for some reason, um, we felt like people would want to listen to it. We hope we're accurate <laughs> in that assumption. Or if no one listens to it, uh, that's okay, because we can still hang out and talk We'll listen it. to it, yeah. if nothing else. Like, yeah, <laughs> these, these conversations are going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, and if you count yeah. the multiple times we listen to it, we actually have multiple listeners. That's true. So think about it. Hey, I know that... Uh, while I was on vacation last weekend, uh, my mom and my sister mentioned to me that, oh, yeah, we listen to your podcast. I'm like, really? And they said, yeah, we listened to the intro. And then we stopped. <laughs> and my mom's like, yeah, I- I've been hearing you and Chris talk about like that for 28 years, basically. She's right. like, yeah, it never made any sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me now. I'm not going to listen to the rest That's of her it. version of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've yeah. been listening to you for 28 years and stop. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it reminded me when I was driving you all around, you talking in the backseat about it. I, don't, I didn't get it. <laughs> not, that seems fair. It's like, well, pretty great. Well, hey, Mom, if you're listening now, thank you. And go ahead and tune out because uh, now we're going to talk about video games. Okay. Yep. Sometimes. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the metric. Sure. <laughs> All right, so, so we're on to updates. Yeah, so we, so today we're going to do uh, quick updates. I got a whole section on uh, sports games because tonight is the Rockets. So I played some sports games over the weekend, so I figured pseudo topical, right? I think that makes sense. And we haven't really talked much about sports games before. Neither of us play them no. super regularly, usually. There, there have been times where. There have been times where you have, and I have too, I guess. Yeah. I've dabbled in Madden and a little bit into FIFA. And our friend circle has also done. Yeah, like Ben and Juan were really played a lot of FIFA. Oh yeah, um, I remember those time in high school. We all made our own a Madden team of all of our own. We were all the same name. <laughs> yeah, I think we spent more time building the team than actually playing. Yeah, yeah, we're certainly not unique in that aspect. I guess not. No, there's no way. <laughs> all right, uh, and then part three is going to be. Uh, I'm going to talk about Super Mario Odyssey and kind of delving into the reasons why we play games and how that meshes with our appeal for why we like the games we like. Cool. So, pretty simple stuff. Yeah. I mean, no, no big deal. Broad ranging. That's, yeah. you're gonna... yeah. We'll, we'll see where it goes. I'm excited about <laughs> Close it. Close up the whole podcast after yeah. that. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll be done. <laughs> this, is the, this is the last episode. All right. Let's, let's get to it. Uh, you want to start off with Tekken 7? 
Yeah, so I have a short update on Tekken 7 because I got to the yellow ranks, which doesn't mean much to everyone who doesn't play Tekken, uh, but is kind of the equivalent of platinum for other game ranking systems. It's like top tier? So the top like, tier? bronze, uh, well, sort of and not sort of. So like goes bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, master, crazy master, whatever level of master after that, depending on the game. So I'm platinum, so I feel like I'm pretty good at the game. But compared to tournament people, that's still nothing, right? Because being platinum is like top, I don't know what it is, but let's say top 1%, top 2% of the game, right? But the people that go to tournaments are the top 0.0001% of the game. Right. So I'm still nowhere on the same stage as any of those. But if I went to an arcade, even though I don't play on an arcade stick at home, I still would crush the vast majority of people that way. Whoa, big words. So that's sort of where it's at. We can test that. We could definitely test that. Let's, let's go. All right, podcast <laughs> over. We're going to go play Tekken. I think Pinballs is open. I think so. I think they have Tekken 5. Tek- they have an older oh. Tekken. They're not Tekken 7. So we need to hunt down a Tekken so 7 to, to, There is one at Arcade UFO. Where's that? Uh, campus. Where the old, what was it, Einstein's? Einstein's. Yeah, so yeah. That, where that used to be. I'm glad there's still an arcade there. Figure they all got pushed out. I actually want to go there. I think at some point when I'm actually around that area on a Sunday yeah. or Saturday, I'll probably stop by and play some games. Because they have tournaments weekly Okay. for all the major fighting games. We should do an on-location podcast. That'd be fun. Because we're going to be doing one DreamHack, which all I'm going to mention is you got your tickets. I got my tickets to DreamHack. I'm buying mine this week. Sweet. Uh, I, re- I got Aaron to give me the weekend off. <laughs> she got mad at me because <laughs> like, John, everybody's already there's already too many people taking time off. I'm like, well... Uh, and she's like, you weren't supposed to do that. And I was like, well, but... and I was like, dream so I'm going to dream hack. <laughs> and she, dream hack. she has not had any of it when I was explaining it to her. She's like, I don't care. Just whatever. I, <laughs> just, said, I'll st- I said, I'll still be in Austin. So if like things go crazy at the brewery, I can always get it over there if I need to. You will be close by. Yeah. And she's training a bunch of people to run the tap room. So we're not, I have fewer shifts in there. Okay. And you don't have to be there for the entire weekend, right? You right. can go to the places at times that make sense. Yes, basically I'm taking a, so normally I don't take a week, weekend off, usually I work like one day of the week, and I, I try to get like two days off a, a week, but it's okay. never rare, it's rarely like Saturday and Sunday, right. so for that weekend I'm actually taking Saturday and Sunday as my weekend, and I'm going to take Friday off as an actual vacation day. Gotcha. Yeah, that's my plan. I approve of it. Thanks. You're welcome. I'll let Aaron know you said that. <laughs> Just think of it. Don't tell her I'm involved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, and then you have uh, a update. Yeah. Nice. On oh, yeah. Lin- 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 say it. Say it. <laughs> say it. Two. Lineage two. There's actually lineage two. Is that what it's called? Actually, it's this is lineage two. Mobile, the world revolution attack of the Korean overlords. Spend money, please give it to us. <laughs> Extreme edition. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, it's okay. That's what I thought. On the nose. It's a very Perfect. unwieldy name, but it's. Working. Yeah, I don't know. It, I. It's making money. So Lineage 2 uh, Revolution is... Oh, the, that's what it's actually called. Yeah, is the mm-hmm. mobile version of the Lineage 2 uh, South Korean uh, MMO. Uh, it's super fun. Okay. Mm. Chris doesn't believe me at all. Okay. Uh, I'm sure... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into playing <laughs> games for different reasons. Yeah. So the quick update here is uh, we... You know, this whole massive update just rolled out last week, which updated the dramatically raised level cap, added in a whole bunch of new, mm-hmm. like... PvP stuff, a lot of more player interaction. And they combine um, servers right, yeah. as well. Now our server's like super racist. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, it's, I don't know what happened, man. Like our server was like, it, the server I was on 
It was really cool. Everybody, every, you know, in the world chat, like normally that stuff can get kind of toxic. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Now, every time I log in, there's like people saying horrible shit. Maybe it's all those Russian like trolls that get hired to sow dissemination <laughs> from America. This is their practice ground is to make people hate each other in lineage. Like awful stuff. It's the point. I mean, I've got a pretty high tolerance and threshold for being offended. And I'm just like, some of the stuff people are talking, I'm like, come on. I'm not, I'm not going to repeat any of it here because it's just not. Sure. Yet. It's awful. I've been blocking a lot of people. If you've played games online with people, you've seen these you things. You know what I'm talking it's about. It's just yeah. that the amount of frequency is so we got the server. too damn high. Yeah. <laughs> too damn high. The ser- after the server merge, uh, it's just a whole lot of toxic, toxic people got, I don't know, whatever. That's crappy. I like... Yeah. communication a lot in games and it actually drives me nuts when I can't talk with people we've talked about it a little bit before I think yeah. especially in regards to Hearthstone is one of the things and CCGs in general Hearthstone has no chat feature and a lot of CCGs also don't have chat features right. and even though you have to deal with the toxicity of people playing online and it kind of drives me crazy I still would rather have the good communication that you can have sometimes but at some point if all it is is just awful people saying awful things yeah. It does get to be a little bit much. And in an MMO, there's thousands of people talking at the same time. At least in a game of League of Legends or Overwatch or whatever, you can actually talk to people. Mm-hmm. You can go in, have your conversation that's awful with these people, <laughs> then leave the game and never talk to them again. True. MMOs don't have that luxury. Well, fortunately, they've had a block feature that's super easy to use. So it's like click, click, blocks. And that's yeah. pretty common now. But if And it retroactively wipes out all their stuff, too. So you, you can't, you know, it's got, once, they're, once they're blocked. It's gone from your chat log. Completely. Yeah, yeah. So I just move on. Do you on have to on. do that constantly? Uh, I mean, how bad I have ne- it? I never had to do it before the server merge, and now I've blocked, I mean, I've only blocked like maybe four people. That's about it. Okay. But it's just, that's, you know, infinite percent more than I was having to do it before. Right. So, um, but anyways, yeah, so the, the one bit, so one of the cool things we did recently is there's a clan dungeon that is very, very difficult, and we ran through our normal nightly clan dungeons. There's like three different types at four different difficulties in each type. We run through all, all eight of those, and then we get to the third one, which we usually don't mess with too much because it's, it's a pretty difficult one. It's, remember that a few episodes ago I talked about that one we spent forever trying to beat? Right, and, and, you, and you spent 30 minutes, and yeah, we eventually just didn't like, happen. It's like, we give up, you know. Uh, this one we had coordinated with another clan ahead of time, uh, Ooh, allies. Yeah, so we, they basically they ran all of their dungeons at the same time we ran all of ours. And then once we were both done, we all met up and we hosted it this time. I think they're going to host it next time. So we, because you, you have to, the clan has to spend like money, or not money, but. Okay, there's some sort of resource yeah. to so we all, let we all, you do this. Yeah, we're all constantly donating resources into the clan. The clan then spends the resources on launching these big multiplayer you know, dungeons, which then give rewards to everybody. Sure. And so for this, we our clan paid for the dungeon to be launched, and then we invited them to come in. And so once we launched it, they, we gave them an exclusive like link into the dungeon, so they all came in. So there's two clans, and we took it down that way. So next time, I'm thinking they're going to host it for us. Is there a limit to the number of clans that you can invite? Well, technically, you can just invite the entire server. I don't know if there's... There might be a player limit. Okay. I think it's like... like Certainly, there's some limit. 45 or 50, maybe, or something. I thought you had 40 or something last time you did it. Not everybody shows up, though. Okay. You have 40 in your guild total. Yeah, 45-ish. 45, okay. But that's your entire population, not how many were online. Right. I got Um, you. 
Yeah, but the other thing too is now the level caps raised. Like a lot of people are already pushing past. Um, I got I was able to limit break something finally. Oh, which is super cool. Yeah, you did it. Yes. You you're doing Final Fantasy VII shit. Yeah, I got my I got my <laughs> first uh, I got my first um, uh, weapon attribute upgrade done. Oh, cool. What does that do? You uh, just have an attribute I do and it's two, upgraded two and a half percent more damage to other players. That's very exciting. I can't tell you how exciting <laughs> that is. All right, let's, we're done with lineage. If you two. roll like a hundred sided <laughs> dice, we're done. We're done with lineage. Just two. two more hits on no, it. No more lineage two. And a half. Play the attribute music. <laughs> All right. I've also uh, can talk about shadow tactics. I finished mission six at yep. thirteen, so I'm about halfway there. Not strike. Uh, not not strike. Not strike. Uh, it's shadow tactics. There's there's tactics. There's striking involved. So I guess it'd be okay. But there's more tactics than strikes. Yeah. The mission was pretty cool. I uh, just want to say that I do really appreciate the different choices you have in the game. Uh, there's two kind of basic paths to it. One was to disguise one of the characters and go around and kind of get information from these scared citizens. Oh, remind us again what Shadow Tactics uh, is. So Shadow Tactics is, yeah, is a tactical, real-time game with an isometric perspective. It takes place in feudal Japan. Okay. Uh, so far, it's been a lot of fun. One of the cool things about it is that you have different options for how you tackle these scenarios. So there's a very big stealth component to the game. And one of the characters is kind of this disguise-oriented one. You can pick up costumes, disguise yourself, and they'll let you talk to guards and walk around camps kind of freely. And one of them is more of a just ninja guy, which, you know, he climbs on roofs and has a shuriken. He can throw rocks to distract people. And so he's pretty... He's got his own unique way of going about things. So you essentially have two perspectives of I can use more of his skill sets or I can use more of her skill sets mm-hmm. in this particular mission. And I went with his just because that happened to be the route I ended up taking. I went closer to where he wanted to go, so I kind of completed it that way. But it's cool looking at it and realize if and when I play this game again, I'm going to get a completely new play experience going through and playing it on her route just because I'm going to have different trials and tribulations for it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, That's it's cool. been cool. And so I wanted to ask you about uh, so the pause feature. Because in the first time we spoke about this, uh, you said you really liked it. because it felt, And I was like, yeah, it felt like it added tension to it. So the idea being that you can pause combat. Well, normally in a lot of games like this, sorry, you can pause combat, tell everybody what to do, and then unpause and they execute. Whereas in this game, you can't. It all happens in real time. So you still have to ha- execute everything. But, uh, you know, it adds tension. It adds some, some more difficulty. Uh, you liked it, and then last week when we talked about it, you said that was getting really annoying, and now you're So mad I'm about kind it. of going back and forth, okay. and I think where I'm at right now is that at its peak, it's a really good addition not to have pause, but for a lot of the gameplay, it's very annoying. So the reason I find it annoying when I talked about it last week is that you may set up a plan, and you may be ready to enact it. But you need just about a second or two to pause the game and set it all up. Mm -hmm. The alternative in this game is you don't have that one or two seconds. So you just have to wait for all the routes and patrols to kind of come back to where they are to then enact your plan. So you're sort of waiting around for 30, 45 seconds to actually play the game, which isn't fun. But at its peak, I had this one particular instance at the end of the level where I there was a very small blind spot. or this guy who was underneath a platform that I had to get to because I was trying to eavesdrop on these guys talking. And I could go through the blind spot, 
fine with this one guy, but there was somebody else on the platform also looking down. Mm -hmm. So what I needed to do was play one character's flute to distract <laughs> everybody on the platform to look towards there and say, what's that noise? What's, what's that flute playing What's that there? flute playing? That's kind of odd. That's not suspicious. That's, yeah, yeah, no, not suspicious. So, you know, they don't know what it is. And so my guy can get a little bit into the blind Wait, what spot. What kind of songs he play on the flute? It's just like it's, a, it's like a bird. Wouldn't they immediately? It's a bird call. Oh, okay. So I'm like, I think that's what it comes. They immediately jump on the platform, and be like, no one should be playing a flute with <laughs> bushes over there. That's obviously a distraction. <laughs> no, 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 it's totally normal. Okay, it's Feudal Japan. They're playing flutes all the time. Sure. They gotta relax. They're in the camp. Hey, you know what? I I've never been to Feudal Japan. It's not Japan, it's not so. a stressful environment. What do I know about? Yeah, it? you don't know anything. Yeah, right. Okay, come on. This is Shadow Tactics. <laughs> this is real life. <laughs> real life. Part. Okay, so you play the flute, right? And that gets me a little bit towards where I need to go, but the guy's still going to turn back in time. So I need to also throw the sneezing powder at the guy who's got eyesight over where I need to walk. The so he starts powder. sneezing, right? Okay. And that way his vision is reduced for a short enough amount of time that I can walk sneezing. to that blind spot. Yeah. I throw the shuriken to the guy under the platform. Now no one's under the platform who's alive and I can eavesdrop successfully. It's a sneezing powder? Sneezing powder. You should try it if you're trying <laughs> to sneak into a camp. Again, wouldn't that also be extremely suspicious? No, if someone just started sneezing, that's not that weird. People randomly start... Yeah. Do you not just sneeze? Yeah, but I feel like if somebody threw a bag full of powder at my face, I'd notice. No, they don't notice. <laughs> it's just... It dis disappears from the visual All right, perspective. So basically... Quickly... You had two guys you had to distract. So you had one dude start playing a song on a flute. Another dude's throwing bags mm -hmm. of powder at him. Mm -hmm. And somehow they just go, well, I guess that's normal. And you got somebody underneath. Well, it's just like weird little distractions. These things pop up. It's not like everything is hunky-dory okay everywhere in life, right? So these little distractions happen. <laughs> and they look over and they say, okay, they get back to their business pretty quickly. But by then, I've already snuck in, yeah. done my job, eavesdrop, jump in the river, get out on my raft, say peace. Yeah. Normal life in feudal Japan. But if you'd been able to pause, that would have been... But if I'd been able to pause, it wouldn't have had as much tension because I, I had to time things correctly to yep. make it all work out properly. What's well, a trade-off. It's something so, difficult. It's, yeah. So it was, it was a rewarding experience. And that's why I think probably where I'm going to stick with it is that at its height, it's a cool thing not to have pause. But for the majority of the gameplay, it's annoying and adds extra time to the game that shouldn't be there. Okay. All right. Well... Uh, I'm still playing it, though, and that's yeah. what matters, because I slice through games pretty quickly. Yeah. So and I'm halfway through it and still playing is a good sign. How many hours do you think you've logged on this one so far? I'm probably, so each mission is between one and two hours, so probably about nine-ish hours. It's pretty good. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah, if you're still playing it. I guess the first mission's a little shorter, but yeah, eight to nine hours. Um, well, I've got like one super quick thing. Do you have anything else for part one? No, that's good. That's my updates. Yeah, all I was going to say is I got to see Deadpool 2 on Sunday. Cool. And you haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it. So if you... I've been in Denver for the weekend, so I haven't had right. a chance to see it yet. Yeah. So I do want to see it. So when Rachel and I can finagle a time to go sit down together and watch it, mm. we're going to go see it. You should go see it this week so we can talk about it next week. I would like to. Because it's... I got, I've got, I got opinions. i got thoughts. Okay. I'm excited. I, it's unlike the other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, I'm not sick of Deadpool. Because Deadpool is very different. Yeah. It is. At least Deadpool 1 was different. I've got opinions. Okay. It's a, it, uh, it's a great right. movie. So I want to see it. We'll talk about it as soon as I see it. Sounds All good. right, part one. Done. Let's finish this in rap, and then we'll come back in a second. We part finished two. in raps. Rap, 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 r
we're not meandering. We're meandering the fuck out of this. I mean, there's a, there's it doesn't a, mean anything. There is a a thread through here. Maybe by the end of this section, I'll understand. Okay, start us off. What okay. You got? All right, part two. Uh, welcome to part two. Um, I'm going to talk about... Well, I'm going to start with Blood Bowl, and then we're going to go into kind of a... As I was just saying, meandering uh, walk through through sports games dating back all the way to like 1984. It's only meandering if you let it meander. Uh, this, well, maybe my hope is that by the end of the section, I'll have an idea of what the theme is here, <laughs> and then at the end of it, I'll be like, "This is the theme." Don't commit to a theme until you're ready. That's <laughs> right. my motto. That's a great motto. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of mottos. All right, so uh, yeah, so Blood Bowl. You talked about it last week. I started playing that. That's the um, you know Warhammer. Fantasy World meets uh, Mutant League football, basically. So, right. it's, and it's a it's a tabletop game that's existed for a very long time, uh, and then they ported it to um, console. Did Blood Bowl one? They had Blood Bowl two out, and I was invited into a league to play Blood Bowl two. Um, and as you remember last time, the bogus journeyman uh, got obliterated, and I double checked with the guy who runs the league, and he's like, "Yeah, that's like so statistically unlikely. <laughs> it's it's like it's, it's sort of like winning the lottery." In the worst way. Yeah, bad lottery, but you won. Basically, to kill a player when you have to roll, you have to roll like a die to actually knock them over, right? So that's already one set of chance you got to hit. And then uh, when you hit them, you have to another roll another die to break their armor, and that's another pretty low chance. Like, you roll two two dies, and you have to hit over, like, a nine, I think. Okay. Uh, or ten, depending on the armor. It's pretty low odds. And then, on top of that, you have to roll again to actually... Uh, to injure them, and then if, if you actually roll like a high enough number on that to kill them, then you have to roll another die, like a one out of six, to actually kill them, kill them. You have to do four separate rolls. Yeah, it's like four separate rolls. It's incredibly Are unlike. they all rolls in a row, or are they rolls throughout the game? No, so it's in one, one set. Okay, so it's not like, it's like okay, one, two, three, four. I knocked him down, and now three people get a chance to injure him. It's, no. I, I knocked him down, now maybe I also injure him, now maybe I... Mortally wound him. Now maybe I legitimately kill him. It's, it's like I rolled to knock him down. I rolled to, bl- to break their armor. I rolled the to armor. injure them, and then I rolled to kill them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You're it, bad at this game. It's really awful. I can't believe how bad you are. <laughs> so you should be better at luck. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> so when you, when you play Fallout, do you have a high luck, luck stat? Uh, maybe this is all coming to bite you back in the ass. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I. Uh, so I was supposed to play a game last night, um, and uh, my the guy I'm playing is named Andrew Raitano. I should probably I hope I'm saying his last name right. He's he's coming up here in a second because this is actually kind of cool. So uh, he lives in New York, and so he wasn't getting home. He's supposed to get home at 11, so we we're gonna play at 10. But then he I think missed his train or something, and so like by the time he was gonna get home, it was like gonna be close to midnight. And for for in my time, uh, and so he was. And Aaron and I had to get up so early this morning to get to work, so I was like, I can't stay up that late. So right, I think, it's not going to happen. Yes, yeah, so we're going to try to play this afternoon before the Rockets game. Um, but he, uh, if anyone's familiar with the game, Super Russian Roulette. Uh, it's a game that he actually developed for NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. And when did he develop this game for NES? It was released in 2017. And NES <laughs> came out in, like, 1985. Yeah. Cool. So, All right, that makes sense. So check it out. So he he, uh, he did a Kickstarter uh, back in early 2016 uh, and raised uh, $84,000 of his $20,000 roll. Goal, right? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, people were really into the idea, I guess. So he's he's kind of, I think he's known up in uh, in New York. He, do, he does, like, um, a lot of, like, retro computer Architecture 
reprogramming. And I, for example, he's, I was reading on his website earlier this morning. He uses three Sega Genesis to create a, uh, like a visual show that he put, performs. He's an artist in the gaming world. Yeah, he's an art. He's like artist first, I'd say. Computer, he's like an artist. Computer right. His science. medium is through video games. Right, uh, electrical engineering. Like same people who use like chiptune music, who like go back and reprogram old, old like consoles to create music that they weren't designed to do. Um, so that same kind of world. That's pretty it's, cool. It's, yeah, so he he coded the whole thing in uh, sixty five hundred two assembly. So let me quick quick history lessons. I didn't know this, and this is actually kind of neat. So. Uh, the 6502 is an 8-bit microprocessor, first introduced in 1975, and is famous for being the least expensive microprocessor on the market by a huge margin. This is actually what launched the home computer revolution of the early 80s. So that's that's going to be the chip you find in like I think the Commodore and uh, <laughs> okay yeah and also uh, Nintendo. Uh, so he he's like literally constructing his own uh, cartridges. Like I was looking through his website, he. Uh, he actually somehow solders these chips together, puts them in a, in a, a modified toaster oven to get all the solder to like melt right. in, right? And then builds the cartridge or re- I guess pull, maybe pulls old ones apart, puts his new chipset inside, closes it with his game loaded on it, and that's the new game. Uh, I I did something similar. So my PlayStation Three broke, and one of the ways that it suggests fixing the problem that I had uh-huh. is to apply a heat source. To do this exact same sort of thing. Resolder. Yeah, to resolder it. Uh, I didn't want to put it in my oven, and <laughs> I didn't have a big enough toaster oven to just dispose of <laughs> like that. So I used a hairdryer, and it did work. Really? For about 20 seconds. <laughs> it was not quite good enough, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> and then and then we got robbed, and the PlayStation got stolen, and it was done. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Problem solved? Problem solved. <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he, uh, so so he. Um, I want to ask him more about this. I, I think you know we've talked about having some people on the show who are in the game industry and also have like been more entrepreneur level, you know, game industry. So he's somebody. So, I was so about, this guy. Yeah, I was thinking on the way over here. I was like, this would be a good guy to bring on the show. Definitely. Sometime. Although he lives in New York, but maybe next time he's in Austin. We so, can figure out something. Yeah. So last time he was here, he was actually uh, he, he was debuting his game um, during South by Southwest 2017, and we hosted it at the brewery. Uh, and he, because we were having party world wrestling was happening, so he, he's uh, involved with those people. So he came in, we set the game up. Um, so basically, uh, imagine you got an old CRT um, TV, right? Right, and, because you cannot play it on a flat screen. <laughs> right. So you've got an it's NES amazing. plugged in. It's the real cartridge, real NES, sliding just like a real game. Uh, it's not it's not hacked together at all. I mean, it's, it's the real deal, uh, except for the fact that it's not licensed in whatsoever. So maybe it's not the real deal. Maybe it is hacked hey. together. It's really well done. Yeah, I wonder how you consider that. I mean, you can, I, I you can think, buy it. He sells cards. I think it's irrelevant. I think just if it's an official Nintendo game. Obviously, there's no more official NES games. Yeah, it's not licensed. So or maybe there's just usually you have the Nintendo emblem on it where it says it's officially licensed. I, I can't imagine they would license this game. Let no, me, no. Let me explain to you the gameplay I, here. Right. Well, I think from the name <laughs> we can assume that it's not entirely family-friendly. Right. Uh, So it involves using the NES Zapper gun. It's called Super Russian Roulette, right? Super Russian Roulette. Okay. That's right. Go back and get that name in there again. So uh, let me... me, This is a description from the website. Yes. This is a description. So it goes, Pull up a chair and rustle up some virtual nihilism, partner. Super Russian Roulette pits you and up to two friends or strangers against a trash-talking cowboy, impatient to get on with the ultimate game of chance. There's a light bullet in the zapper's chamber. Is your name on it? 
do increase actual dread at penalty shots of bottom shelf hooch for the losers. <laughs> Keep spinning the barrel till only one player remains. So I played it with him that night at, at fourth tap, and you literally just put the gun up to the side of your head and pull the trigger. And uh, then it tells you if you win or lose. And this game raised $80,000 yeah. on Kickstarter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun actually, and so he you know the cowboy some some games like the cowboy just talks shit the whole time as everybody else dies and then sometimes the cowboy loses and then you just finish the game out with the dead cowboy on the screen which <laughs> <laughs> is really awkward. <laughs> um, it's definitely worth checking out. So I'll put a link to his website and to the game in the uh, description for this episode. Sounds That's, good. Yeah, but this got me onto um, it, as I'm as I'm moving towards the. Meandering through. This is meandering through. So I'm going to meander. Here we go. Meander one. Uh, Mutant League Football, I talked about that a couple times because it is related to Blood Bowl. Um, a friend of ours sent me a link to, apparently they re, some, a group called Digital Dreams Entertainment uh, redid the game. And it came out on October 31st, 2017. Speaking of Kickstarter, they raised 138000 on their $60,000 goal. And Good. So that's how they created. They are. So this new version isn't out yet. No, it's out. Uh, it uh, came out. It came out. Said the Kickstarter was on October of 2017. No, it was released, released in October okay. 31st, 2017. Yeah, gotcha. and, and the reviews. I looked at the reviews. They're like middling reviews, like average. Mm. Uh, they're like it's rough around the edges, but it's supposed to be. And I'm like, I don't know what that means exactly. And I watched some videos. <laughs> it's a terrible game, but it's intended, <laughs> yeah. so you should buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't know. I, I'll. Just, it's not. It's, it's unlike my backlog for backlog consideration. Oh yeah, yeah. You that gotta sense. you gotta work up to the major leagues of backlogs. Right. It's not on my A list backlog. Okay. It's, yeah. It's in. You it's, gotta have your D league. Like, like maybe actually D league for backlog kind of makes sense, right? Backlog because they could develop the game further. I like it. Developmental league to get up to the ranks of backlogs. I like this. So mutant league football, the new version, uh, is on my backlog D league. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I got you now. Yeah. Universal uh, term. Yeah. But, so here, here's going to be the actual better thread. So I'm going to get us to NBA 2K17. Um, but first we're going to go, but before that we're going to go through NFL Blitz, and then we're going to go through Madden 93-94, which is where we're going to start. Okay. So, uh, so you're segueing us from Blood Bowl to Madden. Currently. Yeah, so I'm still, because... See, maybe I could have ordered this better because, like, you could have Blitz. And Blitz seems more close to. I think I was doing League. chronologically, though. I think because, uh, like, I remember, so when we were kids, um, remember when Sega Genesis? That's when Madden '93 uh, came out for that for the Genesis. I think it was '92 first came out for the Genesis. Okay. Basically, the game was actually originally conceived in 1984 um, and didn't release get until 1988, and they had no NFL license. It was released for Commodore and Apple II. Was it called Madden? <laughs> Yeah, Madden Football. So they got Madden's name. They just didn't get John Madden was a part. He's been part of it from day one. You should go back and and Google the the picture of the first game because it's for, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like John ridiculous. Madden like, looking young because I'm used to only seeing him like an old man. But he's like super young. He used he's to like, be young and spry. He's like not spry, but he used to be young. You like the high sea man who kicks through the brick wall and it's like, oh yeah, right? Oh yeah. That's Matt. Oh, yeah. In this, it's like him punching through the... Anyway. It's so, a great Family Guy clip. Do you remember that? Where they're in the courtroom, and like Peter's, I don't know, doing something Peter-like, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, they display some evidence. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just busts through the wall, and then slowly steps away. <laughs> um, yes, I do remember that. That's, That's a good so. clip. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, the first one for SNES and Sega came out in 1990. No NFL license. So the Madden 93, I think the reason why we think about that one is the first one. That was the first one I owned, but it's also the first one that had the NFL license. It's the first legitimate one, then. Yeah, and, and actually since 1990, they have released a Madden game every single year since. They have. That is including absolutely incredible. The streak is still going, uh, which is insane to think about how they keep making the same game. And it's not even popular on PC, which is really interesting to me. Yeah, so it started on PC. Like, it's a, like a DOS game or something. Oh, I didn't know it started on PC originally. Oh, I yeah. guess that makes no, sense. It's the easiest thing to... Apple II. Right. Like the first... Like, ugh. It is incredible. I mean, right now, they don't yeah. even have it on PC. It used to be on there. It just did so poorly that they stopped making it. Yeah, they just it's all console now. It's um, just so... I don't know why... Sports games in general seem to be more console heavy, but control. I don't know the controllers having having like the actual physical handheld controller maybe. helps. And I guess controller usage for computers has just been higher in the past probably ten years since the Xbox 360 controller, because that was the first really good controller to come out on the computer. Oh, really? Uh, in my opinion, I mean, they've always had like Mad Cats and yeah, other yeah. peripherals that have been available, but Logitech, the Xbox 360, so. yeah, Logitech, yeah. was a really good controller that also lasted longer than like a year of usage, <laughs> yeah. a year and a half. It was wireless. Very, I mean, it's the exact same controller as the, yeah. the 360. And now they have other controllers too. It's easy to use a PlayStation 3 or 4 controller on the computer too. Yes, yeah, t- it takes some abuse. So when your friend comes over and slams it on the ground, it doesn't immediately break. Yeah. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta throw a controller. <laughs> Just gotta let it out. Oh, man. But yeah, that could be another interesting talk about why does it know that? that and on. Yeah, so. The 360 controller was like that. Was that good for. And I don't know, I'm not saying this was absolute scientific fact that that's what changed controller usage well, on I've PC. Read this, I've read the studies. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just giving you my anecdotal evidence on it uh, that uh, just watching how controllers have been used, that was the first step where those types of controller-heavy games, yeah. I mean, coincided with roughly the same time as the 360 becoming more popular and available on the computer. Okay. So maybe that's part of it, but it's funny that why doesn't Madden, why isn't it back? I mean, FIFA is still on the computer, even though it's not as big as the PlayStation counterparts or Xbox. What, maybe it has something to do with uh, the more global. Yeah, maybe that has I, to do with like it. The, I feel like because the more global market, the console would be the more obvious choice. Right, a little bit more readily available. Instead of building a $1,000 computer, you can have yeah. a $400 console or even play. I mean. It's like a console sturdier than a computer. But if you think about like. Moving it around and that kind of thing. It's, it's. I guess you could have a PlayStation Three and just play the old Fifas or old Maddens. Yeah, if you're around right. the world. Um, but I brings well before I give you my awesome segue. Uh, HB toss left. That remember? Do you remember me talking about how back that's like? The I do remember game breaking play basically. Where you played? You did that play and you won. Yeah. So I, I I was typing that in, so trying to get more details to see if anybody else had like knew this, and I couldn't find any uh, anyone talking about that, but. People, I found tons of forums. People asking, "How do you beat the the HB, you know, halfback toss plays? How do you do this? Like for like thirteen, for fifteen, for eighteen? Like that's still a thing. Somehow that play <laughs> is still OP. Yeah, they're like, you just have to, you just have to see it coming. You just have to, you have to predict that they're going to do it, and then you get in the way. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but anyway. So here's Read my, the play. So here's my segue, and we had talked about this a little bit before last a uh, couple episodes ago about um, the interest in. True simulation in sports versus just arcade style play, and so Madden was all about 
sim, sim simulation as much as I could, right? And so basically through the 90s, it was all about how well of a job could they, could they simulate uh, a football game. And then um, NBA jams came out and you know started adding this more, far more like super popular arcade style thing, and that was created by a company called uh, Midway. And you would literally get on fire and your ball yeah. would burn... The entire net as you score baskets. That was great. It was great. Uh, NBA Jam is fantastic. Yeah, and so the people who made that game, Midway, uh, which also made Mortal Kombat. Yeah, fighting game time. Yeah. Which is going to come up in a second. Cool. Uh, they, uh, two guys over there named Sal DeVita, and, uh, who's the lead artist and game designer at Midway back in uh, 97, 96, and Mark Termel, who was a Termel, who was his creative director. So Sal DeVita is a huge uh, pro wrestling fan. And so they were playing around with their, they were going to do a football game and they were playing around their motion capture room. He just started doing wrestling moves. Uh, <laughs> As you do. Yeah. And apparently it was, uh, so hilarious that they're like, this is the, this is the game. Like we're going to take, <laughs> this is the game. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to build a football game around Inspiration this. comes in many forms. Yeah. And so before going further though, I do want to, I need to give a huge amount of credit to an article on Vice Sports written by Aaron Gordon, uh, back on November 6th, 2014. I'll also link that. If you want to get more information about about the development of NFL Blitz, go check out that article because it's really bizarre. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you the highlights here. Yeah. Let's. So As what else do you got? So yeah, they're so using was, motion capture, filming wrestling moves. Right. So the idea is they they wanted. So we're getting you know moving away from that sim more into arcade fun game. Um, it was wrestling style hits, super fast play, two minute corners, seven versus seven. And if you remember, we in 1998 it came out for N64. So it first came out in the arcade. Uh, it was a huge hit. Um, and then they launched it in 98 for N64, which is when I think you bought it. That's when I bought it. And then I remember being at your place and we'd play that game. We played it a lot. Forever. It was a ton of fun. Oh my gosh. It changed footballs. Changed a lot of things. Changed, yeah. changed, changed a lot of stuff. But yeah, I mean, was, at the time, neither of us really watched football. No. no. So having the simulation, yeah, Madden was fun, but it was sort of dabbling fun. Like, oh, this is kind of a cool novel thing. Right. Whereas Blitz, we could sit down and just play for hours on end oh, because yeah. it was sheer entertainment as opposed to kind of just mild interest. Yes, yeah. and I was reading they actually worked very hard to make the uh, technical aspects of the game really easy. So like lining up passes and and uh, that's my only example. Lining up passes. Lining up passes. Yeah, it, the game was much simpler to digest. Yeah, I mean, we were in like something like ninety-eight. We're in. Eighth grade, right? Seventh grade, eighth grade, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, we're not. I mean, not that we couldn't play a technical game, but it made it extremely accessible. Right. Was part of it, and also, yeah, and we played a lot more games than you know other people. So making it accessible. I mean, accessibility is an interesting thing back then because people who played games were yeah. kind of all gamers, but now there's a different shade of gamers, right? I, I think that's why it did well in the arcade, and also that like, makes sense. It's also like one of the first kind of party games I think we played because it was like a whole bunch of us would just hang out and play it. That's it's, totally it group, fair. It can right? be tough to have a local game and actually have everybody enjoy it because usually the different skill levels can make it kind of frustrating. Yeah, but this one it was so visually brutal <laughs> and the games were so quick right? that you know you didn't have to wait long between and you could enjoy some watching somebody else play the game. Uh, but here's the, we were not aware of all the controversy around this because we were kids. Um, there's a huge amount of controversy around this game. Uh, so when they were developing it, so the NFL gave them the license, right? Because they were just like, hey, it's going to be like NBA Jam. 
And this you can read, you can get all the details here in the Vice article. But the gist of it is, they told them, "Hey, it's going to be like NBA Jam." And the NFL's like, "Cool, here's a license, right?" They didn't talk to them again until the game's done. And so, oh, they, how naive they were <laughs> yeah. back in the day. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and this is also to put it in context. This is also back when, uh, when like the brutality of football was still being celebrated, and the whole. The whole controversy around concussions and the safety and health of, of the players was not really a thing yet. This game was – the history of this game is very much tied up with This how is all about old-school football. Yeah. This, the, the violent – I mean, at least in terms and, and of the, – The next the, – the following 12 or uh, 14 years of NFL Blitz history are very much tied to, you know – Right, the sheer physicality of the sport. Right, and I'll, I'll get into that for in a second. But basically the um, – the the, uh, the guys from uh, NFL show up, and they so these two guys, Sal and and Mark, play the game for them, and they're like, okay, we need to, we'll be right back. So they go to the other room. <laughs> uh, they come back, and they're like, so we're we're gonna wash your hands of this whole thing. Uh, you can just you can just we're just gonna refund your license. You can just have it. Like, don't worry about it. We're just gonna take the license back. We'll give you your money back. Just that's we'll just call it a day because <laughs> it was so violent uh, and bloody apparently and. Uh, so these guys knew that you know without the license it's not going to sell. So they spent the weekend uh, dialing things back, making compromises, and brought them back and said, "Hey, what if we release this?" And they agreed to it. They ran a trial in the arcades to see if it was still fun. Like, oh, if we don't have the spine, the sp- <laughs> the uh, what they call it. Wait, hold it. I've got the. What did they have fatalities in the game like Mortal Kombat? That's brutal, dude. What is the name of this one? Um, Spinality. It's the. I'm finding the quotes. I got to tell you this. Yeah. The spine buster move. That's where apparently you pick a guy up vertically, hold him in the air, and then drop him on his head. Yeah, uh, that's probably good they didn't have that in the game. Yeah, the, the exact... Like, not the, even with the, NFL. The quote from the Vice article is, when they saw that, one of the executives literally goes, uh, are you guys fucking out of your minds? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so they dialed back, uh, they tested it out in the arcade, it still was a massive hit, it was the number one uh, revenue-generating arcade machine at the time. And then uh, the NFL clears it, and so then they asked, like, hey, we need to see, like, the motion capture animation. So they just sent them, like, basically the, um, not the animated, not the um, textured, but just, like, a animated, the stick, basically the stick configure structure of the character against a gray background. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, the gray skeletal designs that you see on them. Right, which is how they think they got it approved. Because the game came out, it's, it, it is visceral. Um, it is, but it sounds like it still is... It's a lot less visceral than it was before the NFL said, okay, guys, seriously, <laughs> yeah, come on. And I think it's probably a better game for that because even though it was violent, I felt like it was the right amount. Like, it was perfect, it was arcadey, yeah. and it wasn't, it was graphic, but not, like, absurdly graphic. Like, I don't know, paralyzing someone visibly is, a, like, kind of too much. Yeah. You still have- Whereas, like, exploding somebody in an arcade style is sort of, like, so ridiculous that it doesn't make sense, right? right. It's a little, it's, it's enough removed from reality. Right. That you can still enjoy it as a human and not like emotionally have to get invested in a spinal injury, which is awful. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's probably some positives that this conservative approach helped with the game. <laughs> yeah, some uh, <laughs> conservative. <laughs> but they, like, like for example, one of the things they did too was uh, aside from removing the spine buster, I, th- I think that yeah, they removed that. Uh, they they reduced the amount of time after a play where you could late hit somebody. Okay. So it used to be like the play would end and you could just like 
you had all this time to like just pile everybody on, <laughs> and just you hear people screaming, screaming and moaning in pain. Okay, so they they reduce. I mean, you could still do the late hits. That was totally a thing. Like if you remember correctly, like uh, you knock a guy over, you have like a second to hit a button, and your guy would elbow drop him on the ground. Right. Still yeah, do there that. was some crazy stuff in that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But they so they things like that. But so here's what happens though. Um, there's a lot a lot of controversy over this. Like there's a, a a commercial that came out that showed a football player, you know beaming a marching band with footballs and knocking them over, and that was, like, how they were celebrating the game. Um, the exact... Yeah, where, where was it? I even wrote down this quote because I thought... Here it is. In the commercial, they say, Deadly long-range passes. Linebackers without conscience. A wretched assault on the senses of fair play. No refs, no rules, no mercy. <laughs> it's like that's a... So... It's pleasant. Yeah, so the following uh, decade, you see um, a whole lot of issues coming up in the NFL with concussions and all that, and um, player safety and injuries. And so, as they should. Yep, I mean, as they should. some awful things that happen to people. Do you want to take a guess at how many unique games they released between that first one in 97 through 2012 when the most recent one came out? How many blitzes they released? Yeah, how many unique releases. There's a couple, like, gold editions. And gotcha. Books. I'm going to say six. Ten. Impressive. Yeah, uh, they did a lot. So more than every other year. But every so. every single year, they continually reduce the violence and and like not gore, but um, uh, so just sort of as a changing of the times, as people have yeah grown more understanding about in fact how awful the long term ramifications are of playing football. Right. It's the we start losing our taste for the violence of it. Right. Um, that's what they used to celebrate in the 90s, at least in the Vice article, they talk about how in the 90s, that's football is about the brutality of it. And, and now football is about the skill, and but player right. safety. And, and there's the certain brutality. I mean, the physicality of football is always going to be a big component of it because mm-hmm. you have these giant, amazing athletes going at each other at full speed. And you're like, who's, who's going to come out on top? And some of it's like sheer determination. Some of it's... the who is the most physically gifted, physically fit, whatever the case is. But you just see that on the field and then it's over, right? And you're like, wow, that was amazing. But yeah. now the after effects, the aftershocks yeah. are actually known. And you're like, I feel bad for you because, you know, you have higher suicide rates from concussions. Yeah. The average lifespan of an NFL athlete is like late 50s is like their average lifespan. Really? Something like that. I don't know for sure off the top of my head, but it's significantly lower okay. than... What URI's lifespan is going to be. I mean, back then there was no talk about player safety, really. But nowadays, at least ostensibly, you know, the commissioner. They yeah, it's actually uh, either California or Colorado. Somewhere, uh, I think, out west made it illegal to play football below 13, certain age. Yeah. Uh, as a state or local municipality. But even, even then, if I had a kid, I love watching football. I would never let my kid play football. Minimum before high school. Yeah. It's way too dangerous. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that is sort of the thing is that's where football is now. I never, no one would have thought about that 20 years ago. So as, as that mindset changed and became more in the public consciousness of the danger, um, every release became less and less violent. And um, in fact, in 2005, they lost the NFL license outright. The NFL's like, oh, we can't be associated <laughs> it's, with this. It's over. Right. Um, in between then and now, um, Midway actually uh, folded as a company, and um, EA picked them up. And well, EA picked up the license Blitz. to Blitz, which and so EA already had such a good relationship with the NFL due to the 
long-lasting Madden series. Right. Um, I think which, Midway split up a lot of their licenses. Yeah, and actually, interesting point I forgot to mention. When when NFL Blitz came out, it uh, outsold Madden by a lot. Hilarious. So, yeah, <laughs> Blitz was a far more... So that's, but you can see also where the public's interest was at the time. They were not. They're more interested in a arcade-style hitter than as opposed to a true sim. So that's that, that shift. And then since then, um, 2012 was the last kind of reboot. Uh, there were no late hits. There were uh, do this whole, you know, the whole thing. So basically, um, the hmm. the quote from the article is that almost it became almost one of the Sims to which it was originally opposed. So NFL Blitz in 2012, I, having not played it, from what I understand, it was really just like a football sim, which at that point played Madden. Right. Yeah, you're like, let's just get the better experience. Yeah. So speaking of Sims, here's my final segue okay. to my call to action thing also that's from this segment. Look, all right, NBA, <laughs> NBA 2K17, that's what I'm talking about. So while I was in, in uh, Galveston this weekend, um, the house we were, the beach house we had rented uh, had a Xbox One stack of games. I saw NBA, NBA 2K17. I was like, you know, let me play it, let's do it in there. Give it a whirl. Yeah, you know, I have, I'm, I'm just trying to relax, you know. Uh, this is the best basketball sim I've ever played. Damn, how many yeah. basketball sims have you played? I mean, I've played a couple. Okay. Um, I've played some of the EA ones, and they're clunky at best. NBA Live. Yeah, and I, and I just don't feel good. It's just like... Yeah, I think NBA has been the one that uh, EA Sports has always been a little bit behind in. Obviously, they're the leader of FIFA. They destroy Pro Evolution Sports, I think, is the yeah. next biggest one, to yeah. the point where they even drop sponsorship of the UEFA pretty recently. Really? Yeah, well, so Konami owns Pro Evolution Sports, and they sort of seem to be getting out of games to some extent, uh, but they seem like they're just giving up and letting FIFA have full control. Uh, and that's that way for a lot of their sports, except NBA. Yeah, because it's like the, the 2K, and I was doing some research on it after playing it this weekend, I found a lot of people were saying that 2K, the 2K series just blows EA out of the water. My experience with whether it was was that I mean I was I had such a fun time. It wasn't too difficult to pick up. Um, super fun to play. It's like very like super photorealistic. Um, but the, really, what I got into was this career mode. And so in my brief research uh, this morning at five a.m. or six a.m., uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was I was trying to find okay. Well, I was, I was really into this career mode thing. I wanted to learn more about it. So apparently, career modes in sports games have become more and more of a thing over the last uh, eight years. And yeah, you're sort of looking for how do you differentiate one year to the next? Yeah, it's like, okay, cool, sense. a sim. I've got a sim, another another iteration of this. So what they've been doing is, especially in this one, it was uh, it actually starred uh, Michael B. Jordan, the actor, uh, in in the story mode. Um, and, they, and He's a legit actor. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. So you start out as He's like... He's also been in a lot of sports things. So the career mode kicks off with like, you just got recruited out of high school. You pick the college you're going to commit to. Uh, there's cutscenes with your old coaches, your new coaches, you know, friends, family. Mm -hmm. You know, you you go to uh, and you pick your, you commit through college. You play through that. You know, you, you the, all the all the hype around around you know college basketball. And then depending on how well you perform, you may get drafted in, straight into college. I, I think maybe you have to stay another year if you don't. I didn't. I did well enough before I got drafted. Oh uh, yeah, just a little, little bragging. But after every game, it tells you like where where your draft projections are, uh, and then you get drafted. I got drafted by the Raptors, which I was not happy about. But I was like, all right, fine, I'll draft the Raptors. <laughs> Poor Raptors. Yeah. At least you can get drafted by the Jazz. Hey, I went ninth overall, so it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not like good, but it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> straight up, ninth. One, one year of college play. And that's fine, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. But okay. you know, the whole thing there, you you meet rivals. You, so, anyways, like I had a really good time playing it. So my question then was uh i'm now on the hunt for 
what the best career mode in sports sims are, because that really adds an extra layer of fun to the game. Because it's not just a sports sim. Now you're you especially because you like RPGs, you like a story component, and that adds that to a game that's otherwise, yeah. you know, you might not feel this way, but I kind of feel like you play a sports game, you're like, okay, the next game is sort of the same thing. You're getting a little bit better each time, but you don't have the ongoing persistency that a lot of the games yeah. we like have. Otherwise, it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again. Right. right. And so, uh, for me, it hits that RPG element. It hits the um, sports sim element, which is fun. And so it just hits the stories there. Um, yeah, so I, I looked at, like, NBA 2K18, for instance, but that one uh, got, got shit on a lot <laughs> uh, for two reasons. One, um, people were comparing its story mode, even though I think it was directed by Spike Lee, which is crazy to me. But... They didn't do the high school, college, pro thing. It was more of a um, like blacktop amateur than into D league NBA or something like that. I don't. I don't I, to be fair, I haven't looked at it too much. Just I saw a lot of complaints about it. It's like um, going from the and one pro circuit to so, yeah and, to the D league directly. I think people love that feeling of you got to be that star high school athlete that went to a college team, and it really it really drives home that hey, you're the you know, you're the best person on this team. Part of the game, part of a lot of games, is sort of living this fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. And the fantasy people see is, I don't know, LeBron James going from high school to NBA directly, or Kevin Durant playing one year and then going yeah. there. It's not some random dude was able to struggle, and even though that's a good story, someone's able to kind of go from you know, playing yeah. out on the street to getting noticed, being able to go to the deep, like, go through all those trials and tribulations and maybe just do it on sheer determination. Yeah. But that's not the fun fantasy people want to that's engage not what in, right? That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that feels a little too much like work and not enough like, I've been given the body of Adonis, I'm going to make people suffer. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, you know, looking into it, I know uh, Major League Baseball, uh, the show, has had some really great career modes. Um FIFA, both the 17 and 18, uh, apparently have like they tie together. So if you start FIFA 2018, you can you can continue your story from 2017, which is pretty cool. It's pretty smart. Yeah, I'm surprised more people don't do some sort of continuation like that, like get you to buy every single edition. That's got to be the goal. Is that's a reason to buy it again? Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. like oh, I continue my my story. Um, Finally, though, the 2K18. So people shouted it for the uh, story. But also, uh, it was microtransaction to the teeth. I think I remember that. Yeah, I remember the controversy of paying five dollars for a haircut. Yes. Oh, and thank you for reminding me of that the prices on these games. What the shit? Uh, like, see, so you you buy the twenty twenty two K seventeen still costs sixty dollars for the full game. The gold version still costs ninety dollars. A game that's two years older, a year yeah. and a half old. It costs just as much as two K eighteen. If you want to buy the like super ultra, you know, all the stuff, whatever, you get at least one free haircut. Uh, <laughs> it's like $150. Get a free haircut. Yeah. For a two year old game. And they're about to announce 2K. So May is when they announce typically 2K19, which I'm looking forward to. So the question is is this yeah. run by people who are just stupid? Or do they actually make more money that way? Like if you were to reduce it to $20, certainly more people would buy it. Yeah. But would 3x the amount of people buy it? 
is the question. Maybe they run the numbers and seeing people want to go back to the old one, or which seems odd. It seems very counterintuitive. I, I can see that, but you you checked the numbers on active players. I know. did. So I was looking on just Steam charts. So we don't have access to PlayStation or anything, but there's about two thousand people on right now playing NBA 2K17, and 2K18 has about eleven thousand people on. Yeah. And that's of course assuming that the demographics of Steam are equal to those. Right, and like, usually they end up being pretty similar from what I looked at in other games. Okay. Uh, I would say. At least within probably thirty percent. But I do know sports games. I think are favored on console. So, so there's certainly more. So I would expect yeah. more than two thousand, more than eleven thousand. Oh, okay. But I would say just multiply both of those by three or whatever the number is. I got you. Yeah, but it's just uh, it's just. It, but like in terms of the microtransaction thing too, I think this year, at least the last year, has really seen um, companies crossing the line. For consumers, like they've actually gone too far. Right. We've talked about that two or three podcasts ago with the Netherlands and Belgium passing yes. laws specifically targeting loot box gambling. Right. I and mean, that's um, the point it's gotten to. And like Battlefront uh, removing them all after the outcry. Uh, and then entirely up. And 2K18 catching a lot of flack for $5 haircuts. After you spend. As they should have. Yeah, after you spend like 100 bucks on the game. I remember when the game came out, actually, and I were talking about it. The reviews were mostly negative, which means that um, Steam, that's, I think, less than 25% of people rated it positive. Really? And most of the complaints were microtransactions, because they're ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, your game should be absolutely lambasted if you're going to engage in a practice that charges people a twelfth of the game to have a slight cosmetic change. Holy shit, yeah. If I pay 60 bucks for a sports game, I, I want the whole game. If you're going to let me customize my player, like... I just paid you sixty dollars. Right. I should be able to customize. I may have to earn it. I may have to play a lot to get it. But don't make. There's got to be some way of getting it. Yeah, that's a key. I think there has to be a way to get it that's reasonable. And I remember the argument was that in, it, for a player who didn't want to pay additional money to get to that point was just insane. Right. It would just taken forever. And I think they may have gone back and tried to fix it, but damage done. You know, they did. They did change a lot of the prices, and they gave people some extra credits who purchased the game. Yeah. So little kind of gestures, but you have to be pretty greedy at the start. And and the, I think a lot of the other problem is things get designed around those microtransactions, right? Yeah. So it's hard to just retrofit them into the game. Right. The economy about, is probably all broken. If they're thinking about microtransactions from day one, then yeah, right. The economy is just. For me, dam- damage is done. I don't interest in getting that game at all. Um, 2K17, I think I mentioned earlier, if it was on sale for like 20 bucks, I'd buy it. Sure. Uh, I don't think it's been any more than that. Uh, but, you know. Well, maybe one day. Maybe when 2K20 is out. <laughs> yeah. But like 2K19 is about to be announced, so I'm like holding out hope that it's going to be awesome career mode, le- you know, sans excessive microtransactions. Just a better game overall. Yeah, that's just a, you know just a good it's game. Just just it's just a good game. Just make it good. How how I'll give, absolutely greedy of you <laughs> want to play a good game? I'll give you sixty dollars. Just give them money, no, and you give me a complete game. No, no, they'll give you ten haircuts for the next game. You can pre-order haircuts. I'll take that. Pre-order <laughs> haircuts. Get your get your haircut pack. Get a free beard trimming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your with your haircut pack. You just paid sixty dollars for this game. Uh, for an extra fifteen dollars, you can get the hair hair expansion. Shit, <laughs> hair <laughs> DLC. <laughs> the, the sneakers in the game might be more expensive than they are in real life, but but you'll you have them the, forever. There's no wear and tear on virtual sneakers. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. You get, actually, you'll get indestructible <laughs> sneakers. Otherwise, they wear away over time. That's right. Yeah, real sneakers break down. 
<laughs> Not our sneakers. <laughs> Electronic sneakers? <laughs> no. Uh, all right. That's a really long section, um, but I, hopefully we made up for it being short in the first one. And uh, part two, we're going to go for what? Or part three is going to go for two hours, three hours? I don't think it'll end. All right. Great. So. Let's, let's take a break. Yeah, before this never-ending segment. So everybody use the bathroom, get a drink of water, and... Uh, it might last less time. This is it. This is the end. But it might also be eternal. <laughs> All right. Those are the options. Oof, dude. Every time we go to break, it's getting worse and worse. Let's <laughs> take a break. Right. Welcome... All right. Yeah, I just crashed. Ooh, yeah. Well, you. We just spent a nice long segment about yeah. sports. So let me let me give you a little bit of a break. I'll uh, be talking about Super Mario Odyssey, a game that doesn't have lots of awful violence or spinal <laughs> contusions because Nintendo would go insane. Why would you play that? <laughs> that would not be Super Mario. Oh, dude, I know a Nintendo game where you shoot yourself in the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> officially, totally officially, officially quote-unquote, licensed <laughs> by Nintendo. All right. Uh, but not. So talk to me about Super Mario. Super Mario Odyssey is a very highly rated game, as most Mario games are, that came out October of last year, 2017. We're going to interject real quick. Are there any badly, poorly reviewed Mario games? I don't know that there are. There's probably ones that are mildly reviewed. Mm-hmm. But I would say, for the most part, Mario games are... Well, mainline series Mario games are extremely okay. high quality, highly reviewed. And even most of the offshoots like Paper Mario and the Super Mario RPG are both good games. I think people love like love those games. I'd say so. And Nintendo certainly puts effort into making sure that they are up to snuff. I think yeah. the quality control on Mario and Zelda, their biggest heavy hitters, has always been very strong. And that's Really, one of the things that even when Nintendo has crappy systems, yeah. has kind of kept them afloat because you'll buy the games just for, or buy the platforms just for those games. Yeah, people people buy bought Super Nintendo for Mario games. They bought N sixty four for Mario sixty four. Like that's that's that how it goes. And true. so it's been a good strategy. And when I see certain companies kind of squandering their big franchises at times, it's really frustrating to see because you realize. Like, that's easy money. Make a good game. You'll get so many people in Dude, on it. It's so simple. Let's just do it's that. So simple. Let's just, let's just, uh, what are we doing here with the podcast? <laughs> what are we doing? Let's just go make a good game. Well, we don't have a big <laughs> IP. That's the problem. Otherwise, we would. Let's just go get a big IP. Yeah, you can't do that. That's crazy. You have to already have it. That's, that's the difference. They already have the IP, and all I have to do is make a good game. All I do is then, not, not fuck it up. They don't have to not, they have to not fuck it up. Yeah. But a lot of companies fuck it up. Yep. Like Sonic. Poor. Oh, poor Sonic. Poor Sonic. How, when did Sonic get bad? Oh, Chris. I I was not in really on the Sega train. It got real bad. I think the only Sega I owned was a Sega Saturn. Oh, there's. I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you some some videos. Some videos. <laughs> I really want to know how bad Sonic got. Uh, those wonderful people at Game Grumps did the did the time. To show how bad Sonic is. All right, well, Mario (laughs) is still going strong. Uh, However, while I played it on the airplane to and from Denver, I went to Denver this weekend for a vacation with my wife. What did you all do there? What did you go to Denver? We just kind of general hiking, beer, etc. Had a good time. Sweet. Uh, 
probably didn't eat as healthy as I normally do, so I felt kind of crappy at it's times. Vacation. It was vacation, but my body didn't realize that, and so it still attacked me. Yeah. <laughs> it was very rude of it. Uh, luckily, so I didn't get to play a whole lot of games last week because of vacation, doing work before vacation. I did get to actually play Super Mario Odyssey finally on the Switch, and we use the Switch for the really cool component of you can pick it up and go and go wherever with it, right? Uh, so we're playing on the plane like a handheld device. Okay. Uh, I will say that I did not like it as much as other people seem to. Okay. And I think a lot of it comes down to why I play games. Uh, so Rachel's also played the game and has actually put more time into Super Mario Odyssey than I have. She likes it? And she does like it. Uh, like a she, lot or just She like, likes it a lot relative to her liking games. Okay. Like, she doesn't play very many games, right. right? You know, the amount of time that I play in two weeks is more than she plays in a year, probably. Right. So, something like that. Okay. Uh, but she likes it, and some of it is because it is sort of a good mobile game. And I don't want to say that in a negative way, because okay. mobile games are pretty crappy. Okay. Ex- generally. Explain and, to and me so, the game. Yeah, what, so, yeah. so Mario games in general have a, at least lately, like a 3D kind of open-worldish feel to them. Not open-world, but open-ended. Like, so each world is very flexible in where you can go. Mario 64. Yeah, like okay. you can explore a little bit. You don't have, you're not railroaded into how you're going to play the game. There's a lot of good mobility and flexibility and just getting around and doing fun things without necessarily having a crazy amount of skills already developed to do them. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to play these games. It's really easy to... Just kind of jump in and have a good time and be, have just kind of a wealth of content thrown at you and you decide how you want to go about it. Okay. Uh, the way that Super Mario Odyssey works is, uh, so it's a 3D game, you go to these different worlds because Bowser has kidnapped Princess Peach as normally happens and he's going surprise, to surprise. force her to marry him, which is the sub Plot, the main plot of the game. No, when you really think about that... Yeah, it's pretty awful. That's, like, really dark. <laughs> it's pretty dark. That is a terrible... Yeah, this giant spiked turtle guy is forcing this pretty young princess... I'm having a moment where I want, I'm, like, debating, okay, how how uh, vulgar and R-rated do I want this podcast to become? <laughs> well, you decide that. I'll keep describing the Come game. dial back. I'll just leave it up to your imagination <laughs> just how terrible how, it is. How awful it is. Yeah. So you go from world to world. You're kind of chasing them. They, he's collecting things... That are going to be used in the marriage. Like there's, I don't know, the the dual band of friendship, whatever the thing is in one world, the flower of hope. That's not what the names are, but it's not really relevant what the names are. Okay. So you go to these worlds, and there's all these little things that are messed up, and you're trying to find these moons on the world. So Mario, this is just like Wedding Crashers. Mario's just trying to... <laughs> He's, yeah, well, I don't know that Wedding Crashers is the right... He's trying to ruin... So Mario's trying to ruin a wedding. He's trying to ruin a so wedding this is about, that only one side wants to have happen. This is like a wedding singer. This is like wedding singer. He's going to... No, it's like... Maybe. It's closer to wedding singer than wedding crashers. I'm just going to start naming wedding movies. It's, it's, it's like wedding, 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 the wedding, wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Bowser's planning a wedding. Peach isn't really into it. Yeah, this sounds like a... What is it? Uh, and Mario's running around trying to ruin everything. The Hallmark Channel type of movie. Yeah. Okay, so way more rapey. Uh, way more <laughs> rapey. Yeah. <laughs> way more awful. Way more awful. Uh, yeah, so anyway, it's a Nintendo game, which has very Nintendo. Going on. <laughs> a bastion of good morals. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, when you put it into a cartoon, I guess it makes it okay. Uh, I've seen some cartoons. I mean, to be fair, Bowser is a bad guy. They're trying to get a... 
the point across that he is a bad guy. That's true. This You're is right. probably the best way of doing it. Right. You should not force people to marry you, when they don't Bowser want to. Bowser is clearly bad. So they are, I mean, that's a good thing, I guess. Maybe that's what let's they're going get, for. Let's get back to the... To the, the game, <laughs> as I was trying to say, you collect these moons to go, to power up your spaceship, the Odyssey. Oh, okay. And to go from planet to planet, basically trying to catch up to them and, and rescue Peach. Okay. So in this game, the game, the worlds are not connected by so, pipes; they're connected by space. Yeah, right. So you go, you go fly, and so there's a certain number of moons on each, uh, on each world okay. that you collect, and you collect them in a variety of different ways. Some of them are just hidden in plain sight. Some of them you have to complete some sort of challenge to do. A mm-hmm. uh, big way of getting them is to buy beating bosses on the world. You get these mega moons or multiple moons. So you get multiple moons in one fail swoop, uh, but each level has, let's say, 15 moons that you have to collect, but there might be 30 moons that are available. So the way that you go about it could result in you actually beating a world by not beating a boss, okay. which is pretty neat. I think it's a cool concept in the open-ended gameplay you nature of it. have to... Okay, yeah, sure. So you kind of are playing the game. Again, kind of how you want to play it. You just go, jump in, and that's sort of the mobile game aspect, in that it's simple to just play for a little bit. You don't have any necessary big connections between one playthrough and the next. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, I need to remember where this thing is so I can go here and then do X, Y, Z to get it. You just sort of jump in, go around places, go do things, and you find some moons, and you go on to the next level. So you are kind of playing the game, performing a skill set that's not necessarily challenging, but isn't like stupid trivial. Like if you haven't played a lot of games, yeah. you'll probably have some challenges on a few things. If you played a lot of games, it's very easy. Is it grindy? No, it's never grindy. Okay. All right. I, I never feel like it's so easy to find moons okay. that you don't a lot of games with those collectible type of things, especially collectibles where you have to find them to go progress the story, gets to be very frustrating because it's just a stupid treasure hunt for something not fun. Okay. But finding the moons is never really annoying. Uh, so it's that's still div- still Providing you with new content, new challenges, new... Okay. Right. So you're still getting kind of cool new things to do. So the mobile aspect, I guess I'm trying to understand. So the mobile aspect is just that it is very pick-up-and-play oriented. Okay. Mobile games, you know, you can play for five minutes at a whack. That's what they're good at. Ten minutes while you just have some time to kill. And this is sort of the same way, in my opinion, that you could play it for five or ten minutes uh, while you're just waiting around for something. Assuming you have a Switch nearby. Right. And say, okay, cool. I did my thing. I'm gonna. I'm done. I can move on with whatever I'm doing for the rest uh, of gotcha. the day. So the pick up and play nature uh, is very simple, easy. You don't have to necessarily play it every week or every month. You can just do a little bit here and there, and then next time, however much you do, cool. You did a little bit more. Gotcha. Uh, the difference is that uh, unlike so most of the mobile games are have a kind of pay-to-win aspect where you pay for microtransactions, right? Mm-hmm. And those typically railroad you into playing the game a certain way because they want you to spend money, and they've designed everything to funnel through a sp- particular set of actions that will get you to spend money. Mario doesn't have this railroaded gameplay as we are just talking about. You have the flexibility when you're in a world to just roam around, and you find moons, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't even find all the moons in the world. You just get what you need to go on to the next level. Does it have microtransactions? No, it doesn't have microtransactions. I'm going to ask, now I'm thinking about this, uh, do you, do we see microtransactions in Nintendo's you... like, IP at all? Or their big, their big uh, well, so they have... tentpole franchises? Is that something we see there? They have Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm not sure exactly what the ownership is, because Fire Emblem is a... Like Nintendo licensed game, mm-hmm. like but Nintendo doesn't make it, 
So I'm not sure exactly how the legality works there, but Fire Emblem Heroes is a very big mobile game yeah. that has a ton of microtransactions, but it's actually a pretty fair system as far as microtransactions go. Okay. Like, it's still pretty rewarding to play. But like Zelda... But Zelda and Mario and all their main titles, no. Well, kudos uh, to that. And that probably is why their games are also consistently good, because they are actually devoted to making a good game first. Right. And we'll throw in micro- microtransactions later if it makes sense, maybe, which they haven't to date, sure. because yeah. it hasn't made sense. Okay, cool. I'm glad I asked that question. I was curious. All right, so... Uh, so I think it, it does... Yeah. So what that makes me think about is why do we play games? So when you play a mobile game... Uh, it's because you have five or ten minutes to kill, right? It's time to kill, typically. I mean, people play mobile games for different reasons, but right. I think the biggest thing is I just want to kill some time while I'm waiting around for XYZ to complete. So it's not necessarily a very rewarding activity. You no. wouldn't spend your entire day doing it because you are literally just it's better than looking at a wall. That's essentially why you play a mobile game is <laughs> yeah. it's more entertaining than looking at a wall. But it's more entertaining than, you know, reading the news, too, and other things. Right, and so there you have other options, yeah, too. Yeah, I but get what you're saying. It's... Effectively... That's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily a very rewarding thing for most people, but oftentimes that I want to do something that's better than staring at a wall is also kind of related to stress relief, which is a big reason why people play games is to veg out and not, you know, that's why not everyone's playing Dark Souls because that's a stressful game. <laughs> that is not good for stress relief. Right. Right. At all. That's why I stopped playing. So that, right. <laughs> it's a fantastic game, but not good if you want to relax. <laughs> At all. Nope. <laughs> and this <laughs> game is a <laughs> is a great game for stress relief. It's you can easily hop in, you kind of get that same uh, mobile feel of a quick fix, but you do get a little bit more it's certainly a more engaging game. Yeah. It's certainly a much higher quality game than any mobile game out there. So I'm not trying to diminish the quality of the game by saying that, but it's also I don't play games for stress relief. Typically, right. or if I do, my stress relief is actually funneling any anger I have into the game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and so maybe I do it for that. But I don't typically like games that are kind of simple challenges, even if they're really well made or really expansive. I'm not playing games to ex- explore, which right. is a big part of the game is exploring, so, and it's so, well done. The worlds are cool. It sounds like you're not going to finish this game. Well, I think so. I think where I'm going to play it is on. Plane trips. Okay. I mean, I think it's a perfect game for that because I don't have access to my computer usually. I don't always necessarily want to read. Sometimes I want kind of to have a little bit of an interaction. And I, I will still enjoy playing this game more than watching a typical movie. Yeah. Because at least it's interactive. Get your Mario I mean, fix. Right. Still get some Mario play in there. When did the game come out? Uh, October 2017. Oh, so it just came it's, out. It's a very yeah, recent it's, it's, game. This is the I mean, this yeah. is the current Mario game. This is the current Mario game. Cool. It's also like I was saying, a game that I could put three months in between playing, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm going to lose anything. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if I'm playing Final Fantasy, if I don't play for three <laughs> months and I haven't played the game, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. Who are you people? Where am yeah, I? What's who, going on? What why are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> this game doesn't have that. All right. So, so I like that. Uh, I typically though will play games more for like the challenging aspects, sure. kind of the rewarding nature of just playing the game itself or learning something more. I like games with heavy mechanical systems like uh, Europa Universalis 4 is a very intense game that takes 10 hours as a tutorial, essentially, just to understand anything at all. Yeah. Uh, but I really like learning those systems, even if it's not necessarily the most useful skills in the world. I do at least have a better idea of 
the geography well, of the world I mean, in the 1400s. Yeah, but also there's just there's like a broader skills that you learn from those kind of when you master those kind of systems in a game. I mean, it's not like that's the only place those skills are applicable. I mean, you you learn ways of processing information, figuring things out. Like um, I always take. Grand Theft Auto is an example. I've played so much Grand Theft Auto in my life that it's really easy for me to memorize directions at places. <laughs> How funny. Yeah, that's a perfect example. You get really good at spatial awareness and driving. And so you get, I get, you know, I'm able to, I think anybody who plays that game can attest to the fact that it's like, you've played a lot of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> You know, you you kind of laugh at people like I don't understand directions or how to read a map. You're just like, how do you not know how to do that? It's like, and then I'm like, totally didn't play Grand Theft Auto because yeah, you spent thousands and thousands of hours doing that exact thing. You know, um, so yeah, I get what you're saying. So yeah, but like video games time. do have so there's a yeah. aspect that makes me feel like I'm not wasting time in that. Uh, oftentimes, movies and TV can kind of make me feel like I'm feeling. wasting time. I hate that feeling. You, dro you drop like an hour or two into something, you're just like, man, that was just an hour or two I wasted. Right. Yeah. And that becomes, just as we get older, that's become a bigger and bigger thought for me of, I don't really want to waste time. Yep. I might have a limited amount of time. I don't want to waste time. And oftentimes, TV and movies feel that way. But they also, I feel like TVs and movies are more on that stress release side, right? It's, or, or escapism, which are Similar in terms of structure. Something can serve both purposes for different people. And absolutely, that's that's true. Uh, I've just found myself gravitating more towards the more cerebral type of games. Sure. And uh, which is just an idea that kind of popped in my head as I'm playing the game of thinking about this is a really well-made game. Uh, they did exactly what they wanted to do. It's not going to probably be one of my favorite games, but it's great for what it is, and I'm glad it's on the Switch, especially because that is perfect for going on a plane ride, or if I'm on vacation and I have an hour and I know I'm going to be at the hotel with nothing to do, I can play this game, and it's better than the other options I have the time. Because you're not always either going to have time to really deep dive into something yep. or the mental capacity to do it. Sometimes your brain just needs a break. There are all these reasons that this could make a lot of sense in certain situations for me. So, so like for me, for example, I might like that kind of game because you know I spend all day hyper focused on something else, very technical and detailed. Um, and so that's I think why I play Lineage Two so much. It's because it's it's fun. It's got enough stuff going on, but it's you can play for uh, five minutes, and it's it's very stress relief slash sometimes escapism. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you get uh, rewards from yeah. the game. It's giving you a progression of your character is better. You are better, right? So it yeah. gives you this mental fix that is but, a very good thing to balance in the rest of your life. It, you can't go, go, go all the time. Right. It, but it also makes me sad, too, because there's games that you know you'll, you and some other guys will get into, and y'all talk to me about it. I'm like, man, that sounds really cool. Uh, I'd love to play that, but I already know I don't have the time or mental capacity to... Like, even something as simple as League of Legends. I mean, there's a time of period, a period of time where <laughs> time of period. It's funny when you say it's simple, but yeah, go ahead. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but like you all played, you all were like really into it. That's the only game I played for about two years. Yeah, but sort of like you know all the all of and, other and a lot of other friends. Yeah, about and eight people or so. And I remember a brief period of time uh, when I was actually living here <laughs> for a minute. Right. You got me. Uh, we played some. We played some. Yeah, and what I, I just realized that ultimately. Um, 
I would love to master this game. I'd love to play a lot of it. Seems like a really fun game. Seems like a, with a lot of stuff going on that I'd love to get good at. I'm just like, I just don't have the time or the energy to do it, which sucks because I used to have that time and energy. So we talk about why we play games. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, it's, you gotta, I, I get envious sometimes when I see games that, like y'all are getting really deep into and I realize I probably don't have the time. It's just not going to happen to dedicate to get good at the game. And you know? this is something I will want to talk about in the future. Very, kind of philosophical question, but how it relates to games of, you know, you live your life in the way you want to live your life for the most part, right? I mean, there are certain things that kind of pop up that are outside of your control, but for the most part, you're choosing to, you know, have your brewery work there, yep. spend a lot of time there, right? And that has precipitated you not being able to play those same types of games as much. Uh, you know, you could have a really crappy job that's super easy, and you could play all those games, right? But your life is more enjoyable doing what you're doing, or more rewarding, at least. Yeah, definitely more rewarding. <laughs> right, I mean, and, and, and that's also another thing, right? Like, this immediate gratification versus long-term satisfaction is an important part, I think, of everyone living their life, and the way that games play a role in that is important. Like, if, if, you, if your life was, I was a grandmaster in League of Legends, and I'm one of the best people that's ever played the game. Or I made, I don't know, $80,000 as a software engineer for the rest of my life, right? You make more money as a software engineer. You probably have a few more people know you as a League of Legends player. Is any life, like, more or less valuable? One, you know, I guess you can... Con so you contributed more to society maybe as an engineer. Really depends, you... depends on the person. Right, so it depends on the person. And so that's something I think we'll get into maybe at some point. Yeah. Like, there's different different strokes for different folks sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're getting so deep there. For a so, that is a legitimate term. It was, it was like, you got nice and serious. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. <laughs> legitimate term. I don't know why you're laughing. That's a very legitimate way of speaking. Oh, man. Uh, that's a kind of where Super Mario Odyssey left me. It's a, it's a good game. Dude, awesome way to bring it back around. <laughs> that was impressive. Uh, thank you. I, <laughs> I uh, work on that every day. I think, I think this topic, this thing you bring it up, it's kind of popped up before, but I think this is going to be a, um, a reoccurring, uh, theme that we're going to see as we continue to develop right. this and, podcast. And it's important. It's, we're self-employed and we do different jobs yeah. and, we still have different weird time constraints and that affects our games and what we end up doing. And like, I can also, it's easier for me to take a break than it is for you. Yeah. Cause you have customers constantly of other vendors you're dealing with you employees, which is also why when we talked last time about the, uh, scheduled time to sit down and play with people, it's why it's so important to me because I, I can like dedicate and say, I carve out time. I'm like, I know, Tuesday morning around this time, you and I are going to sit down and, and you know, <laughs> we're going to do this thing, record a podcast. Yeah, I know that uh, Monday nights typically I'm, uh, there's going to be an hour where I'm going to pull out to play Blood Bowl. You know, I know that Tuesday nights usually there's a Delta Green campaign. Uh, Make sure these things happen. Yeah, it's just, it's it's more of a intentional usage of time. Right. Whereas for me, I'm typically really annoyed at something, and so I take an hour break to play video games, and then I go back to whatever I was doing. Yeah. But I take an hour break, it's usually I'm having a beer. <laughs> a little different. Yeah. All right. I think that's a great place to, unless you got anything else. No, that's that's it. I, I think it was more just games that are really good that you don't enjoy make you think about things, about who you are and kind of what you value. Uh, in a way that sometimes games that you love don't make you do, right? Like, it's almost cool that if I played, um, 
I don't know, like when I was playing Breath of the Wild, it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't thinking, oh, whatever about my life, right? But I'm playing Super Mario, Mario Odyssey, which I don't love as much. Right. And I'm like, this is still a really good game. Why? Well, that's and, and then we talk about it on the podcast. So Different strokes for different, different folks. Different strokes for different folks, as right. it's known throughout right. the world. <laughs> um, so now that you, so you uh, kindly got all of our uh, social media stuff set up finally. We're finally uh, available to talk to on the internet. So I'm going to do the first ever No Sick Days social media plug. Do it. Right? All right, here we go. And I'll correct things because all the names are slightly different. <laughs> it's just unfortunate. And you can do this next time, so we'll trade out. We That'll work. All right. Whatever. Uh, so, hey, um, if you liked our podcast, I think everybody says rate and review us, right? So uh, definitely subscribe and rate us if it's five stars. If it's not, <laughs> just, you know, don't. Just go away. Yeah, just get out of here. How, why did you listen why are you still so here? long? Go home. Why are you still here? You yeah. probably already rated us one star <laughs> if you're going to. Yeah, so we've made it this far. Please leave a five-star rating or whatever system you're using. Uh, Subscribe to our podcast. That's cool. Um, but if you would like, follow us on Facebook at No Sick Days Podcast mm-hmm. or on Instagram and Twitter at No Sick Days. Uh, yeah, so No Sick Days on Instagram. It's No Sick Days Cast on Twitter. Okay. And which, you know, once we start doing more things, we'll post more things on that. As uh, it goes. Yeah. And if then, you want to um, just get set up now. If you want to email us, hit us up at No Sick Days Podcast at gmail.com. And we have a website, No Sick Days Podcast.com. Boom. Yeah. At some point, if we get letters or emails from people, we can read them on the show and comment on them. Yes. That'll be a thing. Amazing. Things to come. Things to come. All right. Uh, anyways, I'm John. I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you all next time. Later.